Welcome. Welcome. To Attack of the 50 Foot Podcast. 50 Foot Podcast. 50 Foot Podcast. Rats. <laughs> Aw, rats. They'll tear you apart. Kind of. Mostly they'll just sit on you. And you have to act scared. We're talking about the year 1972 and the movie Ben. Welcome everyone to Attack of the 50 Foot Ben cast. This is a movie about rat slaughter. Yeah. Or rats doing the slaughtering. Well, I think there's more implied. rat slaughter. It's they implied. kill one person in this movie. And an aisle of cereal. And an aisle of cereal, several <laughs> wheels of cheese. Yeah. And a good day at Asana. Who yes. are you? Hi everyone. I'm Cameron. Hi, I'm Ellie. And I'm Robert. And that was very normal. That was weird. Yeah, I know. Right. We, anyway, we didn't make up names for each other. So this movie, Ben, you might have heard of it. Uh, you might not have. It's hard to say. It's kind of an obscure horror movie from the early 70s. And it kind of started us off in our animal craze for like horror movie animal crazes. When I told people at work that we were going to do this movie, uh, most of them were like, is that is that about rats? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's one of those that's probably somewhere in the back of your mind uh, if you've ever seen it. And you might have heard the Michael Jackson song. Uh, it's a very popular song where he sings Ugh. to what you would think is just like another boy named Ben or something like that. But it's actually about a rat. Uh, in case you didn't know. Happy to ruin that for you if you didn't know that. Anyway, 1972. It's directed by uh, Phil Carlson. He had actually done some interesting movies of the time. Nothing that's really memorable other than Walking Tall, which is actually pretty decent. Yeah. It's actually a pretty decent film. This is kind of considered the downfall of his career. It is a mess, and it's it's pretty bad. It is technically a sequel to Willard, and it feels almost more like, like less like a sequel and more like the rest of the movie, honestly. Kind of feels like they could have just put it together. It starts directly Willard. after. Right. It, it's a part two with a... I didn't watch the first movie. I dodged that bullet. Thank you, guys. <laughs> Um, but it also seemed like a really weird tonal shift from what I saw of the first movie. In, yeah, in some ways. Willard is more of like that. It's like trying to be psycho is the best way I can describe it. Mm. Okay. Yes. That's like the atmosphere that you get with yeah. it. He's got like a crazy mom. Uh, it's really... And then she dies, and then he, like, kind of goes on a rampage and teaches the rats things. Oh, yeah? Yeah, okay. and he'd already be begun befriending the rats, but then, like, he, he befriends one named Socrates, and that's not in this movie. Uh, he befriends two that are really smart, which is Socrates and Ben, because, you know, naming things. Yeah. Socrates. Ancient Greek poet. Ben. A clock. A large clock in London. <laughs> And I can only imagine the next one would have been like Aristotle and then John. That's, <laughs> just keep, keep on up the naming, the naming convention. Exactly. Euripides and then Dan. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so that movie basically, spoiler alert, if you don't want to skip ahead like 15 seconds. But Willard ends with Willard dying and Socrates also dies, which is actually heartbreaking. That, that part killed me inside. I've got to say, I didn't even like the movie. But I didn't realize I actually liked Socrates. So, uh, but anyway, Ben survives. And Ben is made out to be this, like, anarchistic rat is specifically how it's described on Tubi for their little description. Is he's an anarchy rat. But, like, I don't agree with that. No, he's a general. He's, he's also not really that bad of a creature. Like, for a creature horror film. Yeah, he just kind of wants to take care really of his family. He's not really that evil. Yeah, if the first one is Psycho, this one is like the the later part of Frankenstein, like the the where Frankenstein's wandering around befriending small children, but yes. like like the villagers are still after him because he broke into a storehouse. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's exactly what it is. That is pretty accurate. And <laughs> and the reason why Ben goes after Willard in the first place in Willard is because. Willard is like, they like kill Willard's boss. And then all of a sudden he's just like, now I'm done with all of you rats. He's like, you got what you wanted, Ben. Cause <laughs> you know, whatever. And then Willard just drowns a bunch of the rats. He doesn't kick them out of his house. He puts them in cages and then dunks them in water and drowns them and then drops them in a hole. Well, I don't like that. It's merciless <laughs> and yeah. brutal. And why I root for Ben. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
it's yeah. hard to not root for Ben at that point. So basically, they all murder Willard, which is where this movie starts. Yeah. And it literally starts with that in the uh, intro. But first, let's talk about the budget. I wish. We don't know what it is. Uh, but the box no office was $770,000, which is respectable for 1970s? Yeah, exactly. It's the 70s. Like uh, Jaws is right around the corner, which I think was one of the first movies to breach a million. So I think Jaws is... came out the same year. I'm pretty sure it was 1972. Really? Okay. I want to say that it was. But, um, yeah, I mean, it, it makes... it. Okay, 1975. It is a decently good return on your film, though. But Willard, I also read, was extremely popular. It's not really mem- it's not really like recognized now, but it was extremely popular then, which oh, is yeah. really interesting. When so, I told my friends about it, they all said, "Wait, uh, like that one from the 70s?" Or like they didn't know about the Crispin Glover remake, which, by the way, a lot of people <laughs> might be more familiar with. Crispin Glover in 2003 doing this movie. Yes, the dad from Back to the Future. Uh, I would like to go ahead and say that this is on a list of Robert uh, Roger Ebert's uh, most hated (laughs) films. Uh, Robert Ebert's. Anyway, I would like to read this quote from his review, which is: "This isn't a thriller, but a geek movie. In a thriller, we're supposed to be scared by some awesome menace to mankind—the Green Blob, maybe, or Bigfoot, or the Invincible Squid." And his implacable enemy, red wine sauce. But in a geek movie, the whole idea is to be disgusted because the actors have rats all over them. He does further describe a geek as like that guy in your high school who bites off the head of a rat. Wow, that definition has really changed. It has. Quite a bit. Freaks and geeks would have been a different show. Yeah, pretty sure I was a geek in high school and I didn't bite the heads off of rats. Yeah, no, if I geek out about something, I'm like... Oh my god. Yeah. (laughs) Hurtfully accurate. Well, I mean, mine's Doctor Who. Cybermen, which is in this outline somewhere. (laughs) I did see that, yes. Uh, Yeah, I thought that was a a good review, though. Makes sense. He gave it a one and a a half out of four stars. So. That seems generous. It does, actually. (laughs) Yeah, why, why the half? I don't know, actually. Maybe, Why the one? <laughs> maybe he liked Ben or the boy with the heart defect. Uh, the other important point here for this movie that I was surprised to see was that this is Oscar nominated. Yup. Only for music. Only So the filmmakers themselves didn't really do anything to, get, to be Oscar worthy. But it was Oscar nominated for the song Ben, which Michael Jackson eventually sings and becomes the name of his solo album when he's 14. And then, like, one of the main things on this, real quick, just one of the fun things that I found, is the first, or this film used about 4,000 rats total. Real, mm-hmm. live, actual rats. First film used about 500, which actually I think the first film made it seem like there were more than this film did, which is mm-hmm. funny that there's 4,000 in this one and 500 in that one. Mm-hmm. And the threequel, there was supposed to be a threequel by Mo DeSessi, who was the animal trainer, and he was a huge animal trainer in Hollywood at the time. Uh, he worked on, like, every single kid's movie or any movie with an animal at the time. Hmm. He said that they were supposed to be working on a third movie, and he was supposed to have about 10,000 rats ready for that one. In other God, words, Ben why? was supposed to, like, destroy a town, I guess. Yeah. I, <laughs> I don't know what he was going to do with 10,000 rats. Yeah, this was going to eventually become the those uh, Planet of the Apes reboots that we got. <laughs> I wouldn't be shocked if Ben started actually talking. Hollywood makes that right now. I will go see it. Uh, Anyway, let's get into the characters here. So we have Danny, who is our main character. He is named Danny like a lot of people back then, I seem to have noticed. Anyway, uh, he's the most annoying child in the world, uh, according to, I believe, Robert. No, you read it wrong. Oh, excuse me. The most annoying child in the whole wide sewer. (laughs) Yes. Be accurate with it, please. <laughs> uh, then we also have Ben. He is the lovable leader of the rats, and he communicates with humans. And I'm going to throw this out there. I think he might also be able to hypnotize human beings. I, this is, that's my theory. We okay. can talk about it more later, but that is my theory. Wrong podcast. Uh, Ben, no, 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 that, that's, the, that's for this one. Uh, ben was actually played by five different rats. That comes from the guy who played Danny. Uh, I saw an interview with him later on where he was like, they brought in five rats and I would just interact with different ones at all points in time. Yeah. So they just constantly switched them out. Uh, then you have Officer Kirtland, uh, the cop chasing all of the rats like he's in a serial killer movie. And that's kind of it for the cast. Except for it's not 
because we also have the sister, Eve, the sister. Then we have Beth, the mom. We have the other rats, played by rats. And then we have the dad who no, died. No, we don't. We don't have the dad. We have the a mention of him. He's alive in memory. So they mention Willard too. <laughs> Willard's alive at the beginning of the movie. He's just not in the rest of the movie, so it doesn't matter. Uh, all right. Anyway, let's talk about the nitty-gritty details here. How this movie opens up, which is with Willard. So you just, if you saw Willard, you see it again. Congratulations. You have to watch another 20 minutes of Willard. Uh, I, I would like to say, though, there's one thing they noticed in this, that they fixed in this intro, which is at the end of Willard, when he's grabbing the rat poison and all of this different stuff, mm. if you look carefully, you can still see it, but they overlaid like a transparent shot over the glass behind him. But the guy who is uh, Modicessi, I assume, the one that's wrangling the, the rats, you can see him lifting a rat onto the counter in the reflection. Oh. So you see this random man in Willard's kitchen just lifting up rats onto the counter. Just setting rats onto the counter. Oh, that's just the man who lives in my sink. He's helping me out. And the best point about that is they don't even like, they don't pan to the rat. So I don't know why they had him do that because then they do a close up on the rat and they immediately cut to that. So they maybe, ruined their own shot. Maybe he kept running off the counter. He had to like. Put but it they back. tried to fix it in this. But because I knew it was there, I was able to see it still. Uh, uh, but yeah. So then we we get the whole ending of Willard. Willard dies again. Spoiler alert! If you want to watch it, I'm sorry. It's been 50 years. Uh, the movie then starts with just a bunch of people staring. It's Ugh. just a lot of staring. Staring silently. Everyone's looking at the house. Doing nothing else. And they're like, we're not going to go home until we find out what happened. The yep. man's dead. Yeah, and go I home. asked this question before. Okay, we're going to talk about it. Uh, <laughs> but then we get introduced to the Garrison family. They are actually in the crowd. Uh, they're just kind of barely there. They don't really matter at this point. And then we go into their home, which we'll see about this, like the same angle of this home like 45 times throughout the movie. Because they use only like the downstairs in one bedroom, and it's pretty much just a shot of the of the doorway to get into the house every time. Yep, every single time. Um, but we get introduced to them to Danny and his sister and his mother that has no emotions other than worrying about nothing because she's not in the movie long enough to know what's going on. Then we have a bunch of rats breaking shit, just like a lot of a destroying lot of stuff. Just a lot of destroying stuff. Uh, but for food, they're not just rampant. No, 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 no. This, yeah, this, it's not necessarily anarchy. It's kind exactly. of just survival. <laughs> ben is described as like an anarchist, but like I, it, weirdly, I, like, I got to equate him to like more like Zod, right? From like Man of Steel. Because really he's just trying to save his own world. And he's trying to like give them food and help them along and help them survive in this world. Nerd. So <laughs> that's how I see him. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, Ben, they go on a rampage. They get a fishing truck, a grocery store, a candy factory, a goddamn cheese store next to a gym. That sounds like a terrible combination. Oh my god. Every <laughs> Everything fermenting. <laughs> this entire block smells rotten. And that's just the gym. Alright, and then we have this wonderful scene where Danny meets Ben. Now, Danny is a little bit of a singer. So he meets Ben while he's singing. Ben's watching from a distance, and he's like, God damn, this kid's vocal cords in love. And <laughs> they meet each other. They become really fast friends. Uh, he starts singing to the rat, and then he plays harmonica like an idiot. I don't even need to change that. Uh, yeah, he plays harmonica, but I, I don't know if he's playing harmonica or not. He's thrashing. He is, like, playing harmonica as if he's in a mosh pit. <laughs> it, well, and, like, the thing, though, is, like, I'm watching this, and, like, Ali was, like, he's not actually playing that. But I'm watching him, and I'm like, he could actually be playing that. Because sometimes when you watch someone play harmonica, it looks like that. They can you, just... Can you demonstrate? <laughs> no, where's your harmonica? Oh, okay, I don't know where it is. <laughs> you don't? Is it usually up there? So Danny plays harmonica like a moron, but on the outside of his little shed that no one else ever goes into, town is manic, like crazy, absurd, rats are going to murder everybody type of manic. You'd think Godzilla was on the loose, not a couple hundred rats. And people, we'll get into this when we do this, but people, when they see the rats, act like... It's a portal to hell. 
Like, they're about to die. They've just seen the worst thing humanly imaginable. I think they're trying to sell this movie by showing that people are terrified of the rats, but the rats really aren't that scary. But they're like, go over the top! Show everybody that it's horror! Yeah. But it's not. You've got the police running around. They're setting traps and all this kind of stuff, which then Danny, the little idiot that he is, shows Ben what these traps do. So he And he ruins a perfectly good little airplane toy to do this, too. I'm like, get a stick. Yeah. Why... Why are you doing it this way? Why'd you use your toy? Exactly. But he's like, no, fuck this thing. Just breaks it. Also, Um, uh, just going out on a limb here. uh, These rats can seemingly understand human speech. Oh, indefinitely. Understand how to perform a heist. They know what a fucking trap is. Yeah. Don't rat-splain to Ben. And oh, pers- they, they clearly do now because this child explained it to the rat. <laughs> well, and one of Roger Ebert's biggest complaints was that the rat has somehow managed to learn, like, go from learning, like, roll over and stay here and that kind of stuff in Willard to, like, full-on English. Yes. A hundred percent. Like, he can understand every single thing you yeah, say. Yeah, they, like, have conversations. Yeah. There's and- a point where he's carrying him down the street and Danny's going, like, which way is it? And then the rat squeaks and he's like, oh, it's to I the know. right. Right. And like, it's like, what? <laughs> this isn't call and response. It's a fucking rat. Which one are we supposed to be more impressed by, though? The boy learning rat or the rat learning boy? The the rat learning boy. <laughs> Cause uh, I refuse to be impressed with this kid. That's fair. It's kind of like the Anakin R2-D2 thing, right? Like, he just, he learns to understand him eventually. Being yeah. around him, you get the beeps and bloops. Uh, anyway, town's in full panic mode. And then Danny weirdly gets bullied by a neighbor kid, <laughs> which is one of the weirdest scenes. Because this kid just kind of comes out of nowhere, like a little asshole Tom Sawyer. And then just is like, I don't see you around here. Why not? Because you're a sissy. And then he starts being like he starts abusing the this boy. child is the worst actor to choose to be a bully he mm-hmm. has no idea how to be mean he's trying so hard yeah but it sucks he's like hey. a little bit taller than danny but also somehow smaller yes yeah. he's very lanky yeah. and he's wearing a tur- turtleneck which does not help him look any less lanky oh the 70s and turtlenecks oh man only archer looks good in turtlenecks but yeah this boy basically like is mean to Danny, and then Ben turns around and he's like, wait, what the fuck just happened? And he sends all of the rats out, and like the evil general he is, he just kind of sits back and lets everyone else take the hit. Mm-hmm. And then he runs up like, I saved you. And that really just like, that fully connects Danny and Ben for the rest of the movie. Even though they're not actually in the movie for very long together. Really, they're not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, then we have all of this leading up to this Full on, we found the rats. They're in the sewers. We're going to murder the ever-loving shit out of them. For so long. For so long. long. This This is the longest ending scene I've ever watched in my whole life. (laughs) This movie is about an hour and a half, and I'd be willing to bet the end scene is about 35 to 40 minutes of that. Yes. It's very, very very long. Uh, But yeah, we're going to talk more about that. And... Then it all kind of comes to a head and everybody gets everything that they want. Well, Ben lost his entire family. Well, does he, though? If he was going to get 10,000 rats in the threequel, like, I don't think... I think he was then going to be even more vengeful because his family is dead. I think then we would have got anarchy, Ben. Yes, just like, let's tear down the world these humans built. That's the other thing, is they kind of gave Ben a family randomly in the middle of this movie, where he's got, like, Mrs. Ben, as the child calls it. Yes! Oh, it's so weird! (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And they're all sleeping in his bed. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if these people have ever, you know, held a rat, but those things poop often. Yes. I can't imagine that child woke up to a very nice bed. Like, barring the fact that he's touching rats that came out of the sewer. Like, that's already gross. Mm-hmm. But yeah, put them in your bed. There's one point where uh, where Danny finds their, their little hideout in the sewer. And he's, like, drenched in sewer filth. And he goes up and he kisses Ben on the face. Yes. I'm like, you are, he's a rat <laughs> in the sewer. Yeah, you have heart disease, well, now you're going to die of some kind of infection. Well, that's the thing. He, like, gets out and is like, oh, no, I overdid it. My heart is going to, like, dude, you had, your surgery scar hasn't healed yet. You just belly slid down a drain pipe. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Uh, it's pretty wild, though, and the the ending is just all the more wild, and I don't understand what the point of the movie was or why anyone called it a horror movie either. But Or even a thriller. It's not a even thriller. a thriller. It's not. It, it, nothing, like, the rats don't really ever attack anybody except for a police officer in the house in the very beginning. And... That one, I think he was, like, he he attacked first. He started, like, stomping on yeah, them. Yeah, he breaks open. I completely forgot about that part. He breaks open the wooden panel. Yeah. And then he's just like, oh, my God, what do I do? So he starts beating the ever-loving shit it's out like of them. It's like Willard all over again. Why are you doing this? Yeah. It's Don't like, get someone more qualified. I get it. Rats are, like, creepy. If there were several rats in here, I'd be like, whoa, oh, my God, we got to do something about this. But I wouldn't, like, start stomping on them. That doesn't seem like it's going to help. Yeah, these aren't spiders. Yeah. <laughs> Nor would I afterwards, as many people in this movie are, like, have PTSD because a rat touched them. There's several grown men who are like, oh, 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 my God, they were everywhere. Yeah. That was also very strange. Yeah. Um, but anyway, that's the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about the scenes. Let's start the day. Mm. Um, all right. So I'm going to start this off with not really like one scene, but kind of like the collection of scenes that are all the like the townspeople or just whoever these people are in the vicinity that are just kind of stand outside of crime scenes and stare silently. <laughs> I mean... Literally, it's so creepy. The opening scene is probably the longest one. Because there's a lot of people there. And I it's mean, there's like slowly. 30, somewhere between 30 and 40 people probably just standing outside of Willard's house. It's literally like a group of people. And they pan over the whole thing. Super slowly. And nobody is talking to each other. There's no like anxious muttering like you usually see with these kinds of scenes, right? Where people are like, oh my god, Nothing. It's quiet. It's creepy. Everyone's standing there. And it lasts forever. All of these scenes last forever. And the weirdest thing to me is usually on the other side, the cops are also standing there silently facing these people. <laughs> just kind of staring back. Like they're posing for a photograph or something. I, yeah, no one's moving. And then this happens at the grocery store too, but there's people just like, with their faces to the windows, not moving. And it's the same people mm -hmm. in the same outfits. Yeah. And just like full on coats and shit because it's obviously cold, but they're just standing out there for hours. Not moving, not speaking. If I were the cop, I would start being like, hey, let's go question these weirdos. <laughs> yeah, right? And then they do that at the end again, when like right when they're about to go underground, there's just people standing around. I don't know. And just like, I don't know if anybody has ever thought about the fact that usually people would talk to each other, like I ask a, questions. See, that's why I have a theory, though. They're aliens. No. <laughs> no. Cybermen. They're all reptilian space popes. No, I think, I think Ben controls people. <laughs> no, le legitimately though. See, it's not just like crazy me theory. Okay. That does not work. In Willard, he meets these rats, and he, Willard doesn't actually go full on crazy. <laughs> Until Socrates, which I mentioned when we were watching this, they, you have the you have the white angel and like the like the dark devil rat, which is Ben, and Socrates is the white angel rat. And when Socrates dies, is when all of the sudden Willard is just kind of evil, and it looks more like Ben has finally like completely gotten control of him and gotten him to do what he wants. And then Willard even says. I did what you wanted, and then he goes to kill the rats, which is almost like a weird, like maybe he felt like the mind control and he felt weird about it, and then he tried to break free from that control, but Ben wouldn't let him. Then we have a town full of people standing outside, and we know Ben's looking out the window because they do show us that at one point. So maybe Ben is just somehow drawing all of these people in, and then Danny gets easily pulled in as well. He's and everybody that meets the rat gets easily pulled in by him until you have the ending, which is like, it's overblown. There's sound everywhere. So maybe he's just, it's just not working anymore because it's too chaotic. Yeah. But there's a lot of scenes that seem to imply that Ben can control people. You know, that's not the craziest thing you've come up with on this show. Oh, it's definitely not. <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, that's fair, but it's still super eerie. No, it is. Especially with how long. It's usually at night. People are standing there in the middle of the night. And they hold on these shots for so long. <sighs> yep. How cool would it have been if Ben had won in the end? And then, like, all of these people are standing around and you just see everyone standing up there after all the cops and stuff are killed. And they all just explode into a bunch of... Yes! Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm so happy you said that. I was like, yes, they, like, open their trench coats and it's just, like, a bunch of rats doing pulls and stuff. And it's like, yes, my son, you have done well. Come join us. That would have been a hell of an ending. Uh, <laughs> I would have okay, bought the movie right your, after. With your theory, Cybermen also works because they just have a little rat earbud in, you know... Basically, it could also be the Cybermen. Because the Cybermen are actually people, for those of you who aren't Doctor Who nerds, they are actually people who have been upgraded and they're in a robot suit, but they're still human. They have human brains, but they're mind controlled by technology. This time it's mind controlled by a rat. Like modern society. Just like modern society. (laughs) Thank you, Cam. I'm sorry, did you read that off the cover of your oh. freshman year notebook? <laughs> also, I did have another point, though, to my Ben controls people's minds and can control their actions. We have a cop who consistently breaks his cigarette. In half. In half. I don't and get it. he does that until Ben is out of the picture. Also, ben just also has this side concern about this gentleman's lungs. <laughs> I just think he doesn't he doesn't want to let him have that moment of like pleasure with the cigarette because like every time that someone goes to light it is when the guy breaks it. That's the weirdest part. Mm-hmm. Is it's like um, you guys watch Community. I hope a lot uh-huh. of our listeners do. It's like that joke where Troy is like, "I picked the wrong day to quit," and he puts a candy cigarette in his mouth. <laughs> yeah. Britta goes to light it, and he just eats it. Yeah, it, it's like he does it. <laughs> He snaps it every time someone, ate, like, they've lit a match. They're doing it slowly because everything in this movie happens slowly. Yeah. And they hold it up to him and he's like, fuck that. Yeah. I thought the first time he did it was when they're investigating the Willard's house scene. And, you know, he's frustrated or whatever. And he's like, kind of, he was already smoking the cigarette. Like, and then the guy goes to lift the light and he snaps it. Like, don't talk to me. Kind of like. Like a snap, you know? I thought that's why he did it. But then he keeps doing it throughout the movie. And and it's not in the same kinds of situations. And he weirdly walks away every single time. And Mm -hmm. he says nothing, which tells me, like, I see mind control, like, immediately. (laughs) Consistent pattern. He walks away. He doesn't say anything. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, there's multiple of those scenes. And I think the grocery store one is the creepiest because people are standing incredibly still staring in the windows. But, yeah, that's my collection of scenes the creepiest thing that happens in this movie for me is talking about the cigarette lighting is when that that man who's very obviously already smoking a cigar has tons of ash on the end relights the ash on his cigar <laughs> I was like, how many times have you done this part because i think it's a little too obvious you've already been smoking this yeah. <laughs> also it, it, just to put a cap on this story at the very end once the rat has been like, once the rat problem has been dealt with, that's when he finally lets somebody light a cigarette for him, mm-hmm. and then everyone starts laughing. Mm-hmm. Why? Why are they laughing? The social cues in this movie are so off. I'm telling you, Ben was mind-controlling them. <laughs> I think that's the only viable answer. Anyway, serial killers. Uh, yeah, so um, let's talk about some other implausible <laughs> things that I this... I just got that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Allie. <laughs> Okay, so um, I want to talk about the scene where the rats attack a grocery store. First of all, the rats, like, sneak their way in. Hundreds of rats Mm -hmm. sneak into a grocery store. And they do this via the air vents. And we get to see, from outside the air vents, the screws coming undone. Yes. How? How? rat fingers. How? I don't think tiny little rat fingers can turn the back end of screws, all right. especially all the way out. Ben's mind control. Ben, yeah, he can mind control screws as well. Or it's the beginning of the rat version of the X-Men franchise. Magneto, he's in there. Oh my God, <laughs> yes. Just one of the rat, like all of the rats have superpowers and Ben's is just like heightened intelligence. <laughs> Magrato. Magrato. Ha. Ratnito. Moving on. Nah, that sounds like a really bad sci-fi Rat-nito. show. Ratnito. Okay, so uh, all of the rats eat a bunch of sugar and cereal, which, frankly, can't be good for them. I mean, let's be honest, guys. We're all watching our our sugar intakes nowadays. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 
I just, I'm yeah, just concerned. So. What if, what if these rats get diabetes? So yeah, this is the point, I think we sort of mentioned it earlier where I wrote in my notes like, are the police treating this like a serial killer? Where they're kind constantly of. like, like, we gotta catch these guys. Where are they? Send out a manhunt. Yeah. Snaps no, they right are. Now. This whole movie treats this like this is a Jack the Ripper case, not yeah. like a bunch of rats running around. But yeah. again, they've only killed one person in this movie in self-defense. So the rest far. of the time, they're just ransacking. Like, before the grocery store, there's like a a fish truck that they, like, climb into. Uh, oh, my God. Yeah. That was weird because, like, the rats were all outside of the truck and they watch it go by and then suddenly they're all in the truck. Oh my god, that's right. This that was, a, that was so another part where important. the people were standing around staring. This is so important. This guy <laughs> driving this truck drives it into, like, another vehicle because he's, like, swerving on the road. And he barely hits the damn thing. There's, like, a side And there's an explosion. <laughs> there's an, the car was going to explode anyway if that's going to happen. And then they show us the car, and it's just right in front of the semi-truck. So apparently they both instantly stopped when they hit, yep. which is not how that works. Nope. Not mm-hmm. how that works at all. I completely forgot about that scene. I know. It was so weird. And that's another scene where the truck driver is like, ghosts. It is very much like a Scooby-Doo Yeah, exactly. I'm like, jeez, dude, calm down. It's rats. I get it. one rat on it. To be fair, though, at this point, technically in the movie world, they have had roughly like three deaths in two-ish days. Oh, right, like yes. Because Willard's boss and Willard both yes, die. Yes, they both die. Then the policeman dies. And does the grocery store worker die? Nobody else dies. I was, I was like very carefully on the lookout for it. At the very end, don't they kind of imply oh, that the cops all die? Oh, there's a massacre oh, wait, yes. at the end. Oh, there is yeah. one of the cops dies. Like b- before everybody shows up. No, there's a massacre at the end. The rats massacre. It doesn't look like they die because it's just rats crawling all over them. But I think the implication is that movie logic. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yep. (laughs) A a lot more die than is obvious. I wrote down several times. This movie is making me think that rats are cute. Like not something I ever thought would be possible. But like most of the time, the people are just like, oh no, oh god, somebody help me! And there's just like a rat just sort of chilling on their chest, just sort of like pawing back and forth. <laughs> yeah. Where's the snack? No, that, and I think that's why Socrates' death hurt me so bad in the first movie. It wasn't hurt. It wasn't deserved. No, he they they stab him to death with a pole. It's really terrible. <laughs> it's really but yeah, there's um, just one last thing. It's a line that uh, one of the police officers said that I could not parse for the life of me. And he's like, what should I tell the manager of the store? That someone had an ecology meeting? What? <laughs> I don't know. I, it took me like a full like 10 seconds of thinking to figure out what that guy said. I was like, ecology? Yeah, ecology is just like a, like a, it's an ecosystem. It's like a, a yeah. Like a closed loop, a food chain. Yeah, you study that. It's It's not like you don't have a meeting and then just only bring rats and feed them cereal and literal sugar. Also, I don't think you you mentioned the the extent of the destruction these rats did. Oh my like, god. Literally every box of cereal is off the shelf. There's piles of cereal and snacks and things in the middle of the aisle and it's just like it's like a bomb went off. Yeah. But a different one than earlier. I would like to say the definition of ecology specifically is the branch of biology that deals with the relations of organisms to one another and to their physical surroundings. That scene. So an ecosystem. That scene deals with the relations of rats to the grocery store surrounding (laughs) and how they destroyed the cereal. Deep cut from the writers, maybe. (laughs) I guess. I feel like it's one of those things where, like, ecology had a slightly different meaning in the 70s. Or it's like, guess what word I just learned? (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah, the writer is like, I'm going to sound so smart. (laughs) Yeah, so what's the next lovely scene, if you're all done with that one? Ugh. The gym attack. Okay, I want to real quick before we get into the actual attack. There's all these panning shots of the gym, and in the background of those are several people on the same kind of equipment. And it's a bicycle that you pedal, but also the seat 
attempts to make love to you, I guess. I, I don't know how else to say it. It's like jamming forward, not like with you. Like there is someone who's very clearly being like shoved forward every single time. I didn't time. see that. Oh, it's egregious. I, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna cut a clip and make sure that we can put it up somewhere okay. <laughs> because I rewound it so many times. I'm like, I get it. Our understanding of the human body has has progressed, but what the fuck? Oh my god. Yeah, this gym is pretty wild it's, in general. It's, it's it's not called a gym on the outside. It's like a sauna spa. Yeah, it's it's like a because it's like a wellness and like Yeah, it's like a wellness place. But yeah. also they have like bikes and workout equipment and saunas. And it's stuff. a wellness center, but they have things like the sauna chairs that we don't use anymore and the like those belt shaker things oh, that, we like also don't use that we also don't use anymore because they you also mean, don't work. Though I thought people knew by the 70s that those didn't work. Yeah. I you mean vibrating sure they your did. fat doesn't get rid of it? No. no. Oh. Really? Yeah. Wow, it's almost like maybe if you drove in a car enough that would work just as well. <laughs> you think there was someone out there that like couldn't afford one of those belt shaker things but they knew where like a really bumpy road was? So they just would drive <laughs> just over like that. Driving over that, <laughs> we're losing weight. Cow- um, there would be no fat cowboys. Yeah. Oh wait, that's... there aren't any fat cowboys. <gasps> that's not true. It depends Probably on what not. you classify as a cowboy. Anyway, let's just move on. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, the, this whole scene is ridiculous. But basically, rats just start to show up, and once one rat is spotted, every rat is spotted. Yeah, they just break for it. Yeah, including yeah. some of them that are in the sauna chairs. Found how did you get in there? How, get in how there? are you not dead? How are you? How is this? How are these women that are sitting in these not like, oh my god, this smells like dead rat? <laughs> these things are living in the sewer. You didn't mention that the rats were found in a closet, courtesy of the one weird buff dude in the room. Oh my god! Yeah, Lou Ferrigno knockoff. Exactly. No, Lou Ferrigno knockoff. Exactly. And he goes like, "How do you?" And like starts like whacking at them in the cupboard with yeah. a broom. Yeah, or something. Like the, not doing anything. And I was like, "What do you mean? How dare you? What are you <laughs> saying to rats? How dare you, rat?" Also, so uh, like after the rats like start to get away, and we see everyone spilling out into the street, the camera pans over, and we see the cheese store next door that has already been broken into. Mm-hmm. So. Somehow, the rats got into the cheese store, ate all the cheese, and then decided to escape through the gym? In the closet? Yeah. I think, though, that actually what happened is the opposite. I think that they got into the cheese store through the gym, and then their only way back out was through the gym. I think that's what the movie was going for. However, I still like the idea of dimensional glass warping, like where they can just go through glass, and if we're sticking with the whole X-Men rat thing... Then that's just another power. Oh yes, and one of the rats is Nightcrawler. <laughs> it just zips in and exactly. sits on the handle of the door. Oh my god, we are making this movie so much more than it is. Because <laughs> it's not much, to be honest. No, it's not. This entire like we're only talking about the middle scene. We're gonna get to the uh, finale in a second. Yeah, we we even skipped a lot in between the grocery store and the gym. Did yeah, we? there's a lot of nothing in between. I mean, time not content (laughs) not actual content it's just like the different places that the rats attack interspersed with danny going like oh ben you're my best friend and then singing songs singing the worst songs and he he tries to do that thing where he's like i'm coming up with this on the spot but it sounds like william shatner doing a spoken word poem (laughs) ow oh my god that is accurate Ben, you and I need not find another out there among the stars, the final frontier. Yeah. Nerd. And he also sings that song, Start the Day. Don't start it. It's time to rise and shine. No. Off we go. The His world is looking voice fine. is so high-pitched. Get dressed up, put on your Sunday best. Okay. Tomorrow. Oh, okay. I'm sorry, because we are going to move on in a second. I want to talk about one thing that we glossed over. In the backyard of this house, a pretty nice house, is a marionette workshop. Yeah. That's not hyperbole. I know that I go in for, like, over-the-top metaphors. It's 
They refer to it as his workshop. It's huge. It has so much crap in it. Mm-hmm. And the mom is constantly worried about, like, making enough money with, with her business. I'm like, sell your house and this weird-ass hobby hole your son has. Yeah. yeah. It's Also, this whole family is weirdly, like, very artistic. Yes. Like, the sister is, like, drawing fashion designs. And she does something else. I can't remember. Um, and then the brother, he plays piano. He s- sings. He sings. <laughs> he builds marionette dolls on his own. And, like, decent-looking ones. There's no good yeah. marionette doll, but, like... He makes working ones. Yes. Which is a feat. Though he made Ben look a little ugly, which is rude. <laughs> So it's rude. It Come looked on, more man. like someone like stuck Ben's nose in an electrical socket. Like that's <laughs> that's what the puppet looked like. Yeah. So uh, anyway, let's talk about shotguns, flamethrowers, and high-powered water, water hoses. Oh my! <laughs> yeah, this is like this is the end scene, but you know it's probably about a third of the movie. It at, at some point in the middle of this, I zoned out because it's the same shots over and over and over again and came to, and it still was going. I don't know how long I was gone, but <laughs> <laughs> it it's so long. They keep reusing the same, like, three shots of the rats running away. There's one of them going down the hallway. There's one of them going up through another pipe, and there's one of them kind of climbing around on the pipes that are attached to the wall. That's how apparent it is. I remembered each one. Okay? And most of them, at least in this movie, I'm pretty sure Willard probably killed a lot of rats. Because in a lot of the scenes, it looks like the rats are really there while people are flailing and banging into walls and chucking Yeah, things. Willard, I think, might have accidentally killed Oh, yeah. I don't but think this was PETA approved. There's no approval from the animal no. organizations on these. Yeah. So. And, but in this one, at least... Even though it looks worse, they have these overlays of rats. Like, that are really what do you what do you call that, film people? Um, is it is it literally like putting it's just VFX? Of it, yeah, it's just a composite. Yeah. I mean, it's just a VFX. It's like because like but... they have the shot of the pipes where in reality there was nothing there, but then they have rats moving over it. Yeah. Yeah. But the rats don't really line up with mm-hmm. it. It's just clearly like they had a camera pointed at the floor while they had a bunch of rats run underneath it. Yeah. yeah. So they just keep doing that. Like, at least there aren't any rats there. And then they do one where the rats are running down a hallway and then they overlay it with fire. They also yes. attack a whole man like this. When mm-hmm. they attack the cop at the very beginning, they do the same thing. And he's like swarmed with them. But you're like, there's nothing on you. And yeah. just screaming in an empty room. <laughs> now, what I was confused about with this is, so basically the scene, I guess we didn't really tell any of you what the setup was. So basically the cops have found out, thanks to um, Danny, that the rats are in the sewers, but in a specific place that isn't used in the sewers anymore. And so they're all going to go down there and, I guess, herd them all into one place and then set them all on fire. (laughs) And that's an extermination tactic, except done by the cops. Anyway, so that's their plan. Although it was kind of hard to tell while it was going on whether whether or not they were trying to herd the rats or if they were just trying to kill them on the way. I mean, I think both. Right? Like, you've got your goal, which is to kill the rats at the end of the day. So if you're killing them on your on, on the way, then... Yeah. yeah, there is a point where the head officer goes, like, All right, Team A, move on to location A, etc. And it's like everybody meets in the middle, and they all, like, start flamethrowing this stump that's just down there. Yeah. yeah. There's no rats at all. Yeah. The funniest thing about all of this is they have little squadrons. There's one guy with a flamethrower. There's a couple of backup cops. And there's one guy with a fucking shotgun. Yes. There's a couple guys with shotguns. No, I'm saying in each team, oh, yeah, there's yeah, one yeah, guy yeah. with a shotgun. Yeah. Just shooting rats. Oh, it's my favorite part of this whole thing. Just continuously with a fucking shotgun. Yeah, continuously. Like, as it's if these things have infinite magazines. Hilarious. Yeah. But at the same time... Danny was in the sewer when the siege started happening on the rats. And his sister saw him going down into the tunnel to try and save Ben. And so they are both trapped in the tunnels. And 
the sister is literally saying nothing other than Danny! 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 <laughs> I wrote that down too. And she also like isn't really going in after no. him. Like she's just sort of like following behind him like, Danny, come back. Like she sees him get into the drain thing and it's pretty big. Mm-hmm. Uh, I as a grown man could fit oh, in yeah. it. Easy. She is like, nope, I'm going to go get in the manhole cover over there. Like, how do you know that's anywhere near? Right. And then she falls flat on her face when she enters. The oh yes, and loses her glasses or something. So, mm-hmm. Yes, can't now, see without my glasses. My favorite thing about this is you are a mostly grown woman, theoretically a teenager, I guess, in the movie. But you are larger than this child with a heart condition, and you can't outrun him. She sees him like leaving the house initially, and I'm like, you can't run faster than this child with a bad heart to keep him from leaving. <laughs> yeah. There's no way he can go very fast. Also, I need to point out that Danny shows, he's like, oh my God, Ben, you have to go. They're here. They're coming to attack you. And it's like, yeah, everybody knows already. Mm-hmm. You're a little late to the party. Yeah. And so once Danny finally meets up with his sister, they sort of just stumble around in the same corner for a long time and like keeps cutting between flamethrowers, rats running away flamethrowers, rats running away, and then her and Danny stumbling for a couple seconds, and then it goes back. Yep. And so many of these shots are recycled. There are, like, there are two shots in particular of, like, rats jumping off of pipes that I'm like, yeah, okay, you did, you couldn't get more of that because you just kept reusing that, yeah. like, six times. Yeah, what is this, a Star Trek battle scene? Low blow, man. <laughs> Low blow. <laughs> Yeah, but no, this whole this whole thing is absurd. They do eventually get to the middle and they murder the fuck out of what is pretty much only Ben at this point. So yeah. like a bunch of grown ass men with flamethrowers and shotguns and get cannons. to a room with a rat on a pedestal, and their reaction burn is it and drown it burn at the same time. The, again, they treat this thing like it's Godzilla or like it's gonna grow. <laughs> yes, and it's it's not. What what is funny to me is like you were saying, Robert. There's like two shots of rats jumping off of pipes that are all meant for like killing people. Uh, the rats kill a bunch of people, but as this is happening, it seems like the flamethrower people are really unaware of their surroundings because they just kind of keep firing fire even when there's humans in front of them. And it's like, hey man, maybe watch where you're going. Also, and the rats kill way faster in this than they did in Willard. Oh, way faster. In Willard, it would, like took a while. Like They had to take the man down and actually like yeah. scrabble at him and take him down enough for where he didn't get up, and then they would kill him. Oh my god, I'm so sorry. But speaking of the whole killing him faster thing, in the very beginning of the movie, they go to find Willard's body, mm-hmm. and it's just rags and like a shoe. Clothing, yeah. He's like, they ate his bones. Mm-hmm. I'm like, how long must that have taken? Oh my god! It's and wild. W- w- one last thing. I'm sorry. I know I keep interrupting, but but the f- using flamethrowers and fire hoses together seems like a great idea. Counterintuitive. Extra effective. Yes. <laughs> it's like ha ha! I set that rat on fire. Ha ha! I got that rat wet. <laughs> also, 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 another thing that we have these two cops that we've been following around anyway, right? And I guess a journalist. I didn't realize he was a journalist. Ooh, I thought he was also a detective. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I thought no. he was a detective, but he's a journalist. Yeah. Anyway, there's three of them. And the cops go into the sewers themselves after one guy comes up and is like, they're killing us down there. But all the cops do in the sewer is continue to like boss people around. And I'm like, why did you bother? You were doing that on land above yeah. with yeah. walkie talkies. I just, and they get out and they're like, we saved the day. And I'm like, no, you didn't. You did the same thing that Ben does. Nothing. Yeah. You told them to move forward. Advance! Yeah, so that's basically it. Yeah. Uh, ben does survive for any of those who, somehow. like me, love Ben. Uh, what do you mean somehow? Screenwriter. Picks him up out of the water. <laughs> it's like life. Brings him into Danny's home. But he shows up in Danny's home, and Danny's like, we're going to get you cleaned up, and we're going to do this, and we're going to do that. And then the movie just ends. Yep. It just, it just literally ends like that. Which like Willard ends on Willard dying, so that but that like that's a fine ending because like he dies and you're like okay, but that's then it. like this, it's like a half-assed attempt at a happy ending, 
where it's like everybody got what they wanted. Like Danny got Ben back. The cops got all the rats gone. I think it was trying to set up the threequel. They were pretty positive. Don't flip to Danny. I don't want to know. They were pretty positive that they were going to get a sequel out of this. Another one. So I think they kind of set themselves up with an intro to this one by doing that by like by like setting up like oh this is a, just a straight up continuation and I think they were going to do that with the third movie. So I think the third movie was supposed to be the boy with the heart defect and Ben going around rampaging around the city murdering people with more rats. But and you know what I would have liked to have seen in that third movie? I want to see the rats do surgery on the kid. I was really hoping for that, actually. I was yeah. really hoping, like, Ben was going to do surgery on him or something. Well, they but... kept dropping the whole, like, he's got a bad heart, he's got a bad heart, and never, it doesn't impact the story it once. It just felt like the producers were like, I'm not connected to this kid, you need to throw something in. Like, what if he had heart problems? That's fine. Kill his dad. Okay. Yeah, also kill his dad. <laughs> Make sure he doesn't have a dad, and, and that's going to make his heart bad. And his sister is not in a relationship, because... That's how this movie ends. Uh, now, That's going into some part. departments, let's talk about what it's also known as. Uh, Argentina, Mexico, and Peru, we've got Ben the Killer Rat. In Brazil, we've got Ben the Killer Mouse. Different, different. Uh, Italy, we've got Ben's Last Charge. Sweden is the rat strike again, maybe one of the most accurate. Yeah. Uh, Taiwan is just called Big Crisis. <laughs> <laughs> so... That's that's a weird title for this one. In Thailand, it's just called Uh-Oh. <laughs> uh oh. We don't then, know that. And then in Turkey, uh, Ben almost translates to me, so it almost translates to me, Monster's Nest, but it also translates to Ben, Monster's Nest. Okay. Which. More Godzilla on that route, I think. Again, I don't know if people knew what this was. My favorite's Big Crisis, though. Yes, Big Crisis. <laughs> Big crisis. Just, I want to make a movie called Big Crisis. Why is Godzilla vs. Kong not called that? <laughs> Pacific Rim. Kong Skull Island. You could do any Bigger monster things. movie. Oh, my God. Yeah. But that, that's what it's known as in other countries. Uh, let's talk about the script, though. Oh, yeah, okay, so in that very first scene uh, Ali was talking about where all the people are just standing and staring at the house, um, there, we get that long, long panning shot, a lot of silence, a lot of nothing happening, and then all of a sudden, this, like, seven-year-old boy jumps at a police officer and goes, I'm gonna kill ya! Oh, I forgot about that. Which adds to my theory. Oh, that the... The rat set it through the child. I think, I'm, I'm not joking, though. That makes more sense than just this child being like, just, I'm overtired. Murder. <laughs> Was that you as a child? Uh, Murder. Uh, no, I... No, no. Robert was a perfectly normal child. I was a perfectly normal didn't child. didn't talk to rats. No perfectly normal child says I was a perfectly normal child. <laughs> so, yeah, there's also uh, just a, a little dumb line where I was like, hey, guys, you want to take another pass at that? Where Danny's, like, running around the house, and his sister goes, like, Danny, don't run. And his response is, I know how fast I can go. Oh, my God. It's the dumbest. Congrats. It don't made run. No Why? Sense. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's like, like hey, hey, don't use scissors like that. I can cut good. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then there's that other line that we talked about with the bully showing up. And just, like, so you can actually hear what this line is. It's, you live there? Yeah. Then why don't you ever come out? You're a sissy. That's what? That's the line. Great I listened delivery. to it, like, three times. You said it with more enthusiasm than the child I was did. probably a little harsher than the kid was, yeah. Also, the kid does. He's like, what, are you playing with dolls? And Danny's like, no. And I'm yeah. like... Yeah, kind of, dude. I mean, you literally are <laughs> playing dolls on strings. Yeah. Mass. Yeah. Uh, but going into going from that, let's talk about the acting. Uh, I have already waxed rhapsodic about how much I hate this kid. Oh, my God. I get it. Being an actor is hard. Being a child actor is also hard. I'm sure he's a perfectly normal, nice grown-up man. But every time this kid spoke or, God forbid, sang... God, it was like nails down my spinal cord. So you're saying you don't like children with heart defects? Yes. I hate children <laughs> with heart defects. Great. Cam's got that line forever. Thank you. Uh, ben killed it, or all five of him did. Yeah, so. I bought those squeaks were words. There you go. He almost had me mind controlled. I mean, I finished the movie, so. Oh, God. Got so to me there. the music. Yeah. <sighs> So they wrote two original songs for this movie, which is not a thing that happened in Willard, the first movie. 
Uh, one of them is just Ben's song, and I don't remember what the other one is. Start, Start the, day. the day. I'm sorry, I should know that. <laughs> um, but Ben is first sung by the child, maybe. Somebody yeah. who's trying to be the child. Yeah. And then the actual song is sung by Michael Jackson, which we brought up. It was Oscar nominated, didn't win, but regardless, it was Oscar nominated. It, it did win something, I, like either a Grammy or a Golden Globe. Oh, that's right. It won a Golden Globe. Yes, for music. okay. And Cam, can you play the song? I assume that's what you're pulling up right now. Oh, the Michael Jackson? Ooh, mm, I don't think I can play that on our audio, so. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to go after Michael Jackson on that one. Okay, can you no. play the child singing it? Uh, that much I can probably figure out. Let me. Yeah, and then the problem with the other song in the movie has the line, You've Got a Friend in Me. And I don't really know that song very well, like the actual You've Got a Friend in Me song. And I was like, is this child just singing that, but very poorly? Because you know when he's like, you were talking about how he's like making up the song on the piano, and I was like, is that You've Got a Friend in Me? But That's what I thought it was. It's one of the lines from Ben. It's like yeah. the last line of the chorus is You've Got a Friend in Me, and I was like, whoa, Randy Newman. Yeah, it yeah. Just, I was like, hold on, wait. <laughs> is this the same song? But it's not. Here we go. A friend to call my own. I'll never be alone, and you, my friend, will see. You got a friend in me. Yep. Yeah, it was very confusing, and also nobody comes up with songs that slowly. Yeah, it, he's he's playing like a little bit on the piano. That's not how you write a song. No. He's playing a little bit on the piano. <laughs> His words don't match up with where they would go in the song. Because he's saying it so slowly as if like... He's pulling it from the tortured recesses of his creative soul. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, the music is really bad. All of it's bad. Especially anything that the kid is involved with. Yeah. And on top of that, a lot of the dialogue was really off. Like, I, To be fair, I can't really tell if that was just Tubi or if it was really the, the movie. Did you notice that? What do you mean? Off as in like it didn't match up with the captions yeah. or like no. timed? As in like it... Their mouths were moving, but not at the same time as what was being spoken. Oh, I just assumed that was 70s bad ADR. <laughs> I, I assume that's the original part of the movie. Yeah. So. Yeah, no, I think that was definitely just part of the original movie. But apparently this movie partially made Michael Jackson's, Michael Jackson's career. So anyway, <laughs> next. So yeah, uh, for like a set deck and costume and makeup and whatnot... I, I will begrudgingly say that I thought some of the sewer sets were actually pretty good for the 70s. Like, it was dark, but I could see what was going on. Yeah. Yeah. I liked the house. It was very 70s. It really was. All of the curtains were like the bright orange and yellow, like, color palette and, you know, the 70s pattern. Well, I mean, like, so a lot of this movie, there's, there's a very important point here, which is that a lot of this movie was actually set up for success when you look at it, which is kind of funny. Um, I did forget to look up this, or no, 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 I did forget to look up the cinematographer, but for the director we talked about, he had a great career. He was considered an established, very good director. He had done a lot of great films, and I think he had actually just done, uh, what, Walking Tall? Is that what and Walking yeah. Tall was a few years before, but okay, not. Yeah. But he, I mean, he, he had been doing well in his career, and this was his major downfall. We also have the art direction, which didn't, like, the art direction's not bad. It's not anything to, like, like fawn over, though. It's not amazing in any way. But this art director, Roland M. Brooks, is huge, or was huge in the industry, including being the Star Trek original series art director. Oh, of course. Yeah. I, so, thought, I, heard, I thought I recognized some of the sound effects. <laughs> but he... He was the art director for that se- for the entire series and for tons of other shows. This guy is a huge art director. Um, also, sorry, just a real quick uh, correction on my part. Walking Tall came after this. Really? Yeah, and then he, it was directly after, then he had one more movie, then he was done. Huh, interesting. So I guess he at least got his groove back for that movie. But he he had done a whole bunch of other movies. I mean, even Roger Ebert said, like, this is a director and is, like, falling. But I thought it was interesting because you have an established art director also helping. But it doesn't seem like he did much. Yeah. There's nothing really like maybe the his little workshop that seemed like effort was put into it. Everything else was just a normal grocery store. A normal sauna with bikes that try to have sex with you. The only <laughs> thing I can really think of that he might have added to is the sewers because they would have had to build those. So 
maybe and that, those, I did think they and look good. They looked like sewers. I mean, they legitimately looked like sewers. So yeah. maybe that's where he helped. But going into it, the cinematography. Oof. There yeah. are a few parts, and maybe it is just like the transfer. It's film in the day. They couldn't go back and, and do it again or whatever. But it was so blown out. It was oh, so overly white. It's like they were lit with those floodlights that you put like attached to motion sensors outside of your house. Yeah, we have one right outside the window. Yeah, just a very <laughs> glaring. And there were so many parts where it was so blown out that you couldn't really see people's faces. Yeah, it was like they lost all features in their faces for like a couple seconds. Yes, and it, it also not only was it like blown out, but it seemed like they vaselined the lens to give it an extra like foggy look. Yeah, like extra soft lighting somehow with like a floodlight. Also, some of the flamethrower scenes were in reverse, and I don't know why movie makers think that we don't notice that shit. What? Like, oh wow, that like that fire just getting sucked right back up into the flamethrower, because no. that's how that works. How else do you think they refuel? Life in reverse looks the same as life in forward. I agree. Say that backwards and prove it. Like, no. uh, see you, wow. Yep, that's the same amount of syllables that I said. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, going further into that, the editing is actually another one of those things set up for victory here. The editing, the editor, Harry Gerstat, he is a two-time Oscar winner. And he didn't win an Oscar for it, but he also was the editor of the Batman 66 movie. <laughs> so, this is, but this guy, like, I looked at his career is insane. I mean, he has edited so many movies, and this is very, very much like a... A blemish on his career but the editing's not spectacular at I, all i would also say the editing isn't terrible there there were um what was i watching i had to watch enter the dragon for class and um i i enjoyed it it's a good movie but like wow the editing was bad yeah like you're not supposed to notice it and i didn't notice it here on the other hand just real quick willard the editing in that is atrocious the editing in willard that, is awful it's like hard cuts there are things that don't make any sense. It'll be like Willard shows up to work, says one thing to somebody, and then it cuts to him going home. And there's one <laughs> Star Wars swipe transition in it. One. Oh, one. A singular one. one. Why do one? Exactly. It's just like, and he he constantly does things for like three seconds before it cuts to like a completely different part of the day. Yeah. He'll like go out and say hi to the rats, and then it cuts to him at work. And then it'll immediately cut to him talking to his mother in her bedroom. Yeah. <laughs> Oof. No thanks. Anyway, yeah. so at least this one wasn't like that. <laughs> to to wrap this up, though, I think that's all we got to say about it. <laughs> what part would you play? Uh, I would play the rat. Put me in a little rat suit. Do some fourth so you'd perspective. Be, you'd be Ben. I'd be Ben. Yep. So my my saying, little wiggly rat face. So you're saying we should buy a rat suit. Yes. And we should put you in it. And we should remake those scenes. Yes. Yeah. Or just like, re, like the rest of the movie is the same. Just the single one shots of Ben are just like a forced perspective shot of me just like wiggling my nose. <laughs> God. Well, I would play the main cop guy that snaps the cigarettes in half. But if any of you have seen Bob's Burgers, I'd play him more like the chief from Bob's Burgers. <laughs> That doesn't. It seems like that guy is a few years away from being that chief. Oh, he totally is. No, that's yeah. totally. No, right. I was sitting there staring at this. Like, who am I thinking of? There's like this this cop image in my head. It's really dramatic and deep. Yeah, it. I was just trying to figure out what character I was thinking, and I was like, oh my god, the chief guy from Bob's Burgers, just kind of an asshole the whole time. Yeah, I'd play that guy, but more like that. Cam, what would you play? Every one of the rats in the armada. Except for Ben. Yeah, no, I, I got okay. I want to be so all of the ben, background rats. But you're just, we just have 40,000 like, inserts of you as a rat. Just, yes, yes, exactly. We, like, we composite in just like a bunch of little tiny versions <laughs> of you just streaking across the screen. Oh my God, this sounds like a horror movie for real. <laughs> it was supposed to be, so. Well, but this sounds scarier. Listen, it does save time, money, and training though, because like you got to do all that. But you just put me in a suit, throw me in front of the camera. We can do it. Shine bright right. like a diamond. So do we recommend this? Eh, yeah. I laughed a lot, but I was also bored a lot. It took a long time to get anywhere funny. Yeah. It wasn't well, really that good until the end. Watch it, but also feel free to fast forward. <laughs> yeah, skip a few seconds here and there. I found Willard to be weirder. There was definitely more like surrealist things in that that were really strange. But 
Yeah, both of these were pretty excruciatingly boring. I think Ben was all right. At least there were flamethrowers at the end. <laughs> you guys are killing the fun. Okay, what do you think? I think you should watch both in a row. You're saying Willard and then Ben. Yep, so, in a row. So you watch Willard die and then immediately go back alive and then die again? Yeah, <laughs> uh, so I, I can read what I have here, which is just, uh, so it'll seem like less like two bad movies, more like one really ultra super long Peter Jackson inspired rat killing horrorish movie about two boys. One has a defective mother, the other has a defective heart. They both have Ben. <laughs> okay, the part that got me there was having a defective mother. <laughs> what a hell of a way to phrase that. Defective mother. All she does is worry the whole time. She really does. Uh, yeah, that's the movie, though. That's let, it. Us, let us know if you've seen it. Let us know if you own rats. Uh, let us know if they are anything like Ben and they hypnotize you or large crowds of people. Um... Let us know if you are a pile of rats in a trench coat outside of a crime scene. Yeah. Oh, let us know if you've been to the house that they filmed uh, Willard and the beginning of this in, because that is actually a national or a historical monument in Los Angeles now. Wait, because of the movie or no. just unrelated? In, ge- in general, it is. Okay. Uh, it was okay. restored a while back, and it had actually been lo- like kind of let into ruin for a while, including the time frame they were filming this. Then like in the 80s, some guy bought it and restored it. But it is actually a historical monument. So you can go and visit the house that Willard and Ben were filming. The Willard house. Exactly. The house that was once filled with 4,000 rats. (laughs) Yay. I wonder if any got left behind. It would be very easy. There's no way. Like, there's got to be one or two. Yeah. They've evolved the civilization by now. Yeah. So you can find us on the internet. You can find us on the internet. Which is probably where you found this episode. But you can follow us at Facebook and Twitter. On Facebook and Twitter. (laughs) At 50 Foot Podcast. Yeah. And if this is the first episode you're listening to, because you just stumbled on us, we have other episodes. So feel free to go listen to those and let us know what you think about those as well. And let us know if you have any movie suggestions. We do fan suggestions. So tell us about it. Tweet us. Watch it. Twitter us. Tweeter us. Yep. Facebooker us. Well, I've been Allie. She has been Allie. And I will be Robert. One day he'll be Robert. That's Cam. And okay, I bye. am Cameron, as always. Thanks for listening. 50 foot. Bye. Delicious family. God, God, that's more wholesome. <laughs> yeah, I know it is. <laughs>